0: Welcome to Make & Decorate, a podcast for makers who love to sew, quilt, and decorate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Make and Decorate podcast. I'm Stephanie, and this is season four, episode 76. And happy November. We are at the start of another month and almost to the end of 2021, which is a little hard to believe, but I think that it just happens to us every year. We just are, you know, so busy. And all of a sudden, when it gets to this time of year, it gets even crazier <laughs> because we uh, have all these holidays and preparations with Thanksgiving and, you know, gifts and all of that stuff. So then, and then from here on out, it just becomes a total blur. So hopefully um, you will take some time to just uh, breathe during the holiday season and enjoy it. I'm really excited about today's episode and uh, it is a long conversation that I have with my guest, Jess Ziegler of the Long Arm League. So, um, but every single second of it is filled with useful information and knowledge and education on everything you need to know about long arm quilting as a customer. And how to prepare your quilts for a long armor, um, ideas on designs, threads, um, batting, and also from a professional long armor view of, um, How they work with customers and, um, just uh, everything encompassing this wonderful world of long arm quilting. So I'm going to keep the, uh, chit chat segment pretty short today so we can just get on into, uh, this wonderful conversation. Uh, so just first real quickly, um, I'll get you up to date on a couple of things. Um, but first of all, I just want to remind you again, about my mighty networks group make and decorate friends it is like a facebook group pretty similar but on a different platform called mighty networks and it's a private group there's no ads algorithms or anything it's just the members of the group and we're there just to chat with each other ask questions and show everything that we're making not just quilting but anything crafty um or or gardening or anything, decorating. So check it out, Mighty Networks, and it has an app for your phone, if you like, or you can access it on the desktop, Make and Decorate Friends, and it's free, completely free. Okay, so just to catch you up on, I guess, what's uh, the making... Um, and decorating over here, um, not a lot of quilting going on right now, but that, that definitely is going to change. I finished up my, uh, tablecloth commission project that was huge. They were large tablecloths and, um, the first one was fine. Um, not a problem, but it was the second one that was super challenging and took lots and lots of hours to complete, um, and uh, I completed it, and I'm very happy with how it turned out. I spent painstakingly, you know, long times on this, uh, paying attention to every little detail because it really does have to be perfect when you're making something for someone else. Um, and, uh, well, making something that you are. Um, being paid for. (laughs) If you're making something for someone else, that is a gift. That's a whole different story. But this one, you know, and also with the super expensive home deck fabric that's being used, um, it it, it can be really nerve wracking. And I I was a little bit intimidated about like, oh my gosh, I cannot mess up this fabric. But, you know, I, I... I've been working with these types of fabrics now for a few years making things. So now I'm kind of like, you know, just, uh, it's fabric, get over it. You know how to do, you know how to do this stuff. So just, just start cutting <laughs> sewing. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, um, I was really happy though. I, I, the, the big design detail on this was this, um, big three inch bias banding with a check fabric, Check fabrics are super hard to pattern match and um, you know working on the bias too is challenging um, but also with it had mitered corners uh, so it all turned out I was so happy with I had perfect mitered corners and um, when I was making the continuous banding strips on the bias that took a little bit of effort but the um, pattern matching was, um, was how I wanted it to be. Uh, So anyway, so glad that's over. And now I can continue on other things that um, have to be done. So in addition to that, I did do another small sewing project. It was a gift for my patron. Um, there's a certain tier level um, of my Patreon page that I make a really small gift for um, twice a year. And so I made these really cute leaf coasters um, from a book that I have recently um, I recently got this book, Korean Patchwork Quilting. And um, there's, it says uh, 37 modern designs, um, bojagi style um, projects. So the bojagi is the really um, well known Korean style of patchwork um, quilting, piecing. And all of the projects in this book are hand stitched designed for hand stitching but i um i converted this to um machine sewing (laughs) so i i machine stitched these coasters and i decided to add a fusible woven um stabilizer to what was going to be the bottom piece of the coaster to make it more um structured and um flat uh because it's gonna be a drink coaster and that worked out really well. Um, There's a a layer of batting in between uh, and it was, um, I quilted in a stitch in the ditch for the leaf veining. Um, So that was a really fun little short project. We all need those little short projects, especially when we're working on some long-term long, long projects that takes a while to finish. So um, that was really fun. And knitting, I've been knitting and knitting and knitting, like that's kind of like my evening uh, thing to do. And so I finished a couple of projects, I finished uh, a pair of fingerless mitts. Um, And so that was the first time I did ribbing, which is really not that hard. It's, It's kind of funny how we kind of make up in our minds of like, oh, ribbing, you know that's going to be like, how do you do that? I have no idea. Um, but then when you actually experience it and actually tackle it, <laughs> it's not that bad. So um, I did those and I finished a um, what's called a waffle knit cowl so the cowl is like a short i would call it like a short infinity scarf so it's it's um, totally in the round um but it it's a cowl so it fits um just you know around your neck and drapes a little bit like a cowl collar uh and that was my first project in the round so i was so excited and um these patterns are from a craftsy class um, an online craftsy class from Susan B. Anderson. I'll put a link to it in the show note uh, blog page. Uh, but this um, this class, is I would highly recommend it. And um, there's three patterns that come with the class that you can download and do. And I'm pretty much, I think I'm going to make all of them. I've already made two of them. The third project is this really cute um striped hat with a pom-pom on the top. Uh, so, but, um, I'm, I'm making the second cowl now, cause these are going to be gifts and, um, the waffle knit pattern is so cool. It's just so fun and textured. And also the first time I've worked with super bulky yarn and giant, well, what I call giant, I mean, I, there's larger knitting needles than this, but these are size 17. So they're, they're the biggest knitting needles I've ever knitted <laughs> with so far and they're fun. This is just a super fun project. And I was a little skeptical when uh, the instructor was saying, this knits up so quickly. This is such a quick project and la la la. And so I'm like, well, I'll be the judge of that one because I am still a novice knitter and things always take me longer than what, you know, more advanced um knitters can do things in i mean sometimes you see these knitters and like you can't even see their fingers move because it's a big blur they're going so fast <laughs> um but i was really happy when i actually it was a quick knit even for me so it only take it only took a few evenings to to complete this um finished project uh so not too hard it it's one of those that looks more impressive than um, the level of difficulty that it was to to make it. So, so much fun, and I'm having fun with, uh, more fun with knitting. All right, I do have a small confession. <laughs> uh, you know, I've been scaling back on acquiring new fabrics this year, and I've done fairly well, um, very well, actually. But I did make a fabric purchase in the last month, and uh, it is a Liberty poplin fabric uh, for clothing sewing. And it, it's in my favorite pattern, the Wiltshire. It's the one with the little berries and leaves. And it, it has this really beautiful different shades of um, corals. Um, and, and it's on top of a charcoal background. Um so it's it's so pretty and I've never seen the poplin fabric before or have tried it and so when I got it it felt really similar to tana lawn just a little more crisp um and not as thin uh but s- the same amount of like silky smoothness it's just so beautiful So, um, and I do have a plan of what to do with this fabric. So I am going to make the Harrison shirt. It's a button down long sleeve shirt, um, pattern by cashmerette. Uh, so when I can carve out some time to sew that for myself, I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep this fabric out in the open. So I have to see it all the time and get re excited <laughs> about, uh, sewing it, um, into, uh, a really pretty piece of clothing. Uh, so yeah, that's about it. So, um, before we get into the conversation, there is a promo code for Jess's, um, online shop at the longarmleague.com and it is for a digital pantograph, uh, a digital pantograph purchase. So um, the promo code is MD as in make decorate. So it's MD2021 and uh, you'll get 50% off of a digital pantograph design. So be sure to check it out. Uh, all of the links will be on the podcast page, ah, podcast page and in the show notes. Okay, so here we are, my conversation with Jess Ziegler of the Longarm League. My guest today is Jess Ziegler, the founder of the Longarm League, which is a membership group of professional longarm quilters. Uh, and in addition to running this long arm league, Jessica, or Jess, um, designs patterns and designs pantograph designs. Uh, she was a former podcast host of American Patchwork and Quilting and is a magazine contributor. So welcome to Make and Decorate, Jess. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) I'm so happy to meet you. And I have to give a shout out to one of my listeners, Barbara Parker. She uses a long armor in the long arm league. And she said, Ah, this would be a great, you know, guest for your show. So I was like, oh, let me find out more about this because I didn't know about it. So thank you to Barbara. Yeah. Yes. Thanks, Barbara. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So, um, Let's just first talk about where you're located. Sure. Yeah. I'm in central Iowa, so we're not too far. You're a Midwest
1: gal. (laughs) I'm in
0: Chicago. Yeah. My sister lives in Dubuque. So, Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Good. So you're in Iowa. And um, let's talk about your life before long arming because I've read up, you know, about you and, um, you know, long arming came a little bit after you started quilting. So talk about that.
1: Yeah. So I have a story that's like a lot of other women who, you know, we have babies for the first time or maybe not for the first time, but we um, start making baby quilts for friends. And I had a corporate job that I quit after having my first kid. And I just found myself at home and wanting create an, a creative outlet. And it's really wild. My my sister, who's a couple years younger than me, took a quilting class in high school, which I just feel like is so rural Iowa, and I love it so much.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but she, um, they did the, oh gosh, Eleanor Burns. I haven't thought about this for a while, but like where you rip the strips off and make a log cabin quilt. uh uh-huh. And so she, um, she gave a quilt to us for our wedding and I really loved the, um, and I've been raised around quilts and I thought what a perfect thing at this stage of my life to be able to kind of explore what that might be and look like and what it, what it might entail to make one for myself. And I remember being sort of overwhelmed at the beginning, um, Just with all the materials, like the cutting mats, the cutting, the rotary ruler, rotary cutter, the sewing machine, um, all the pins, like when you're first getting set up for your first quilt, it's like, oh my gosh, this is so expensive. And it, Mm -hmm. it, it kind of is, (laughs) I mean, there could be that barrier to entry, certainly if it's something that you just want to try out, right? but you know, all those things are built to last and it's you know you can just continue to make quilts and still have all your your materials and startup stuff ready. So I think that also <laughs> um, was uh, inspiring to me to just continue on and like I have all the stuff now. like where else can I go? what can I do? what can I explore? Um, so that was in 2005. And then I took my first sort of quilting class, official quilting class in person, um, in uh, that fall, and that's when I learned. That's when I first heard the term long arm, mm. and everybody in the class was like talking about long arm, and I just pretended I knew what it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I really started looking into it more, and there was a person in, um, in town here where I live that was next door with my, um, with my in-laws and she invited me to come see her studio and stuff. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is like next level. I don't believe these machines. Like I, I was just, my mind was blown. Um, but in the house that we lived in to begin with, there was just no space anywhere like I couldn't even take over a living room we didn't didn't have any space for a machine like that and so it really didn't become a in the meanwhile I'm quilting 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 loving it like exploring everything there is about quilting um but it really didn't become a reality or an option until we moved to our um next house and that was um I ended up getting my first my only first and only out long arm in 2012 so um, at that point, I had been quilting for such a long time. I mean, a long enough time and was like sick of basting on the floor kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And um, but I really liked the quilting process in itself. I loved adding the texture and the extra like design element or almost layer of the quilt by the design of the quilting. And so I was um, working at my free motion squil- skills on a domestic machine. And so, you know, all this time, I'm just kind of growing and building my skill set. And then uh, the long arm came in tw- uh, 2012,
0: 2012. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. So you you did quilt, uh, you quilted all your quilts then on a domestic, your domestic yes. sewing machine. That's I great. Did. And, yeah, and were they cr- mostly kind of like lab size and crib size? Or did you do some other, did you ever do any bigger ones?
1: Yeah, I, the, Biggest I probably did was like a queen size. Oh yeah, that's well, pretty big. Yeah, the first quilt I um, I actually finished. I had started a couple <laughs> designs that just or patterns that didn't really go anywhere. But the first um, when I actually completed, I just tied. But that was like a big queen, mm-hmm. and I remember the feeling of like looking over, looking at the backside <laughs> of all the cross seams, and like, okay, what now? Like I I just had no concept or clue. And that's when I thought, well, I really need to investigate what this is all about. And, um, yeah, I just, it just kind of went from there. I queen is probably the biggest. Um, but like I said, a lot of, um, either family members or friends were having babies at the time. And I thought baby quilts were just so much fun to like get an idea out and then to easily more easily be able to manage it through my machine. But I was, <laughs> I started, like, I love trapunto. Like, I would do these small projects, but then quilt the snot out of them. <laughs> <laughs> I really just, uh, I mean, I loved the more traditional feather type wreaths. And, like, I went, I just kind of explored it all. Because it was really, that was really interesting to me how you mm-hmm. could make in those like negative spots of the quilt if you had like solid fabric or something to do something really interesting and um, beautiful in those spaces and so I just kind of tried it all and I and I liked having all that time now looking back I was you know impatient to get a machine but all that um, time and practice I feel like it helps me in the long run
0: I think so uh you know and, and I quilt um uh, the quilts that I make, but um, I haven't done a queen size yet. I, I know I won't do a king size. I've I I do commission quilts too, so I've made several king size that I send out to a long armor, mm-hmm. um, which is good. <laughs> yes. But I agree with you because I've made so many baby quilts between my two sisters, four kids each. <laughs> oh yeah, and other you know uh, you know you have friends and everybody else. So they're the perfect size to really just like practice stuff and learn and you know, it looks impressive and um and then you could tell yourself it's a baby quilt. The baby's not gonna care
1: if there's right. mistakes
0: in there. And uh, yeah. So I think I agree. I think that's really, really fun and cool. And um I I I think that what you said too is pretty key and I think where, you know, some people just um just don't do long arms they just it's it's not like like what they do they may like the piecing the most or um, whatever English paper piecing or foundation and they want to pass off the rest of it which is great because I, I truly believe that the actual quilting of it is an art in itself and it's really like a skill set that has to be practiced and learned and developed and then people just you know develop their own styles which is pretty cool so um, totally yeah yeah so I and I I, I've been wondering myself because well I'm five years behind you in the learning quilting so I I took my first in-person class in 2010 but they only taught me how to make the top (laughs) oh yeah there was no sandwich or backing and I'm like now what do I do (laughs) I, I think that came out of
1: me being so like bad at it when I first started
0: <laughs> and a lot of it
1: came down to the materials that I was using because I didn't have anyone guiding me really to that so I would pick up like a poly bat at Joann's and think like oh this should work <laughs> this should be great <laughs> uh yeah, yeah not so much um but then so I was intentional about taking a like learn to quilt on your domestic machine kind of a class. And right away, like the materials that they had you get for class immediately elevated my game Ah. because all of a sudden like, oh, cotton batting will sort of adhere and you won't get that weird puckering stuff. and you have to base what's this about? Basting? Yeah, the base, like, they're just, I mean, they're basic, basic things. But if you don't know that you don't know that and you have right. to have some help there. Right. So I was I felt like that was so instrumental. in um, having some success immediately, like after getting using the right materials, that just encouraged me to keep going and to keep practicing. And I saw the potential there because I could Um, you know I was able to see what other quilters were doing and I started like getting my hands on all these quilting books Mm -hmm. at the library and like trying to find what I could online because blogs were still sort of in their infancy at that time Mm -hmm. too so really it was just trying to get any kind of information that I could about quilting
0: (laughs) because when you started that is before Craftsy and oh, yeah. YouTube was really just starting. There wasn't like how there is now where you can find anything right. on YouTube. Yeah. And, right. and online courses too were just really not readily available. No. Uh, so, and then when I started, uh, Craftsy had just started. So I learned a lot from there. Because um, nice. I only took that one in person class and then I took a second one for machine quilting and uh, it made it worse. <laughs> <laughs> it scared me. Oh, no. It scared me off because she just packed so much into this like couple hour class, I and see. I mean stars and this and that and meander and and I'm sitting there like I've never pushed a fabric around the machine before with a free motion. You know what I mean? Like I've always had yeah. feet, feet dogs up. <laughs> Right. So it scared me. So then I didn't like really learn how to quilt for another couple of years. Uh, yeah. But it's funny though, because once you really learn, you're like, wow, you know, this is doable and it's fun. Absolutely. And, and I'm going to continue. Um, and I personally, I, I gravitate towards free motion more than like walking foot, but I, I do like to combine mm-hmm. them too. But um, was that your preference too? Free motion. No. Free, well, free motion was my preference because I, yeah.
1: I really, I saw, um, oh, I was such a big Karen McTavish fan. Like I was seeing oh, yeah. what she was doing and it was, it was like, it was so mind blowing that I thought like, okay, that that's when I realized like, this is like what you said. It, it's a true art and, a a different, um, Oh, element or layer altogether. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it can be, but then, yeah, it can work so well with the piecing to have this beautiful sort of marriage of function and beauty. Um, that was just really fascinating to me. And all, all of the, I mean, I just, I loved seeing what other people did and then think like what, how could I use, um, use these skills and the look and the design elements and combine it to make, um, something that would represent something I would make or like, and, and use in my, in a modern ish way. Uh So, um, Angela Walters was another hugely inspirational person. (laughs) And when I was first starting to, to long arm too, I just love how approachable, she made that. And, uh, so I, yeah, there are so many teachers and inspiring folks along the way that I was just like, yes, I want to do what you're doing, but in my own way. And you don't know what that is until you really get in there and, and try a bunch of things and kind of refine your tastes over time.
0: Yeah, that's true. And, um, yeah, Angela Walters is amazing. And I have I've seen a couple of her craftsy classes and then of course she does all that YouTube stuff. And, um, it's, it's just, uh, she, uh, to see her passion for it makes me want to learn more so i love i love that contagious kind of like passion for yes. long-arm quilting and yes. i've talked to a few other long-armers and they're kind of like the same way so i have yet to meet an, a long arm person that just doesn't love what they do which is good Oh yeah it's really, yes. really good yeah makes me happy yeah. to hear mm-hmm. so let's let's talk about um well and again before you you went on this long arm adventure did you you started designing quilt patterns
1: yeah somewhere along there (laughs) like it was it's a blur but I always you know from a very early from very early on I love the idea of being able to take these traditional blocks and like even just doing alternate blocks like one would be this way and then the alternate block or like for me too when I was starting to love quilting I would want to put those alternate blocks in there just to have some quilting space you know not even you know other (laughs) other blocks necessarily but just like give me the negative space I want to work with that negative space so um I got EQ I think it was EQ5 I know
0: (laughs) my first EQ was seven (laughs)
1: And I loved just being able to play. And then I got obsessed like, oh, well, now this has to become a reality. And it was not uh, intentional in the way like, oh, I want to create patterns for everybody to sew. But it was more just like satisfying that creative spark in me. And then um, I started, um, gosh, and I'm trying, I can't even remember the year Um, necessarily, but it might've been 2015 or 2016 or something when I, um, was more thinking along the lines of designing so that I could produce a pattern so that I could sell it. Mm -hmm. Um, but it wasn't like, it didn't take off for me, uh, in, in the way that I felt like I was better at quilting, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and pattern design was okay, but I, I learned some uh, eye-opening lessons, I guess, <laughs> in in marketing. Uh, uh, that when you have a pattern and you spend a lot of time and money, time it, at times too, when you're doing like these different examples or like different colorways or you know different sizes to test out your patterns. um People need to, you need to tell people more than once that you have this pattern for sale. I just thought, like, oh, I'm going to post it on Instagram and then everybody's going to come and buy it. Mm -hmm. Well, that didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't quite work that way. Right. You have to tell people more than once about everything Mm -hmm. and assume that even if they did happen to read your caption, they're not going to remember it in a Mm -hmm. week. You know, Instagram is very instant. And so I think that was pretty eye opening and that like oh i need a strategy behind this if i want to have it be any kind of a business and then i learned about like creating an email list and to mm-hmm. get people on your list like what do we need to do there and so i i think even though um it it didn't take off and it wasn't super successful as in like it wasn't providing any kind of an income for my life it was like <laughs> here and there you know sales every every once in a while but i really it started my wheels turning about what has to happen on the back end uh, and how do you build an audience you know right. like those kind of business related questions came out of that time but i do have you know nine or 10 patterns that i just sell on my website they're pdfs yes. the last time i released um any pattern was probably 2017 2018 it's not mm-hmm. something that I actively pursue or market like every I try once a year to like do a sale because they're the same patterns yeah. you know um, but they're there. And I f- figure, um, I might as well promote these. I can do that once a year, you know? So I, Yeah,
0: I think that's anyway. great. And, um, you're right. It is so, cause I, I've been uh, trying to design patterns myself and it's just like, it is so much work and, uh, you do have to test it and you're doing the expense of, uh, investing in the fabrics and the different, you know, options. And, um, and, and then like, and then the marketing, you're, you're so right about that. Uh So, and it doesn't provide an income, <laughs> not necessarily for all the work that you invest into it. Um, yeah. But I, I think that because you did invest all that and you have those patterns that you definitely, I would definitely have them in my shop for sale all the time. And I, yeah. think, I think too, that you mentioned that you, um, design with, quilting in mind with those patterns and I think that's a good marketing um point of that if you're learning long arm check out my patterns because they're designed with negative space that you can yeah you know easily quilt
1: um, yeah some of them are some of them aren't you know it just kind of what floated my boat at the time <laughs> but you're right like i did i was very intentional about some of those mm-hmm. to create an alternate to like give maximum yeah. negative space because uh-huh. that's just
0: something that i really liked that's what i, I think a lot of long-arm quilters love is that negative space. Uh, yes let me play let me play <laughs> we
1: want, when we do so much work but it's on a really busy print fabric you can't see it
0: right right. so might
1: as well like yeah. uh you know be strategic in that mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah so um uh, a couple more things um mm-hmm. did, did your magazine contribution and your podcast experience come before or after you started long arming um after okay so, so then let's I, get into the yeah. long arming first then and then oh sure when you when when it's appropriate you just pipe in anytime time and talk about those okay. two things too so okay. yeah let's let's talk about 2012 and you got your long arm Yeah. Um, so I
1: was, um, uh, an quilt shop in town, our only quilt shop. The owner, Jackie was so like, she knew how much I loved quilting on my domestic. And she's like, you need, I would love to just come in, come into my shop. I'll train you how to use my, it was, it's just a Gamel classic without any kind of computerization or anything. Um, but she paid me to and taught me how to use her machine so that I could do and finish some quilt shop samples for her. And predictably, I loved it. You know, it was only a few, um, I would say weeks that I felt, I mean, I was, I was still learning stuff all the time, but I felt comfortable enough to just like, yeah, I'm going to do a shop sample for you. And, (laughs) um, and that was a, that was, practice and then with my work being in her shop then a lot of um, customers were coming in and saying okay who's doing your quilting and then for a while I was doing um, quilting for the shop and you know she would pay me for finishing those for her customers and then you know at the time my kids were little little Mm -hmm. and so I was only able to get over to her shop like when the kids were um you know, like in the evening after my husband had come home from work or if I could find a sitter or something. And I thought, well, this is not sustainable. Like I, I, I'm going to need my own machine. (laughs) So I, um, so that was kind of how it started. And by, so by that time I felt like I was already up and running when I got my machine, I jumped right into quilting for other people, but I didn't have any of the, um, I didn't have the computer. It was all hand guided. And I also just kind of was intrigued and tried to challenge myself as far as, um, custom quil- quilting went. So I'd got kind of get fancier and fancier. And then I would get, all of a sudden I was doing like show quilts and almost exclusively custom quilting for, you know, the specific areas of the quilt. And it wasn't any longer just the free motion edge to edge. Cause I never used pantographs. I never used, um, to this date, I've never done a pantograph from the back of my machine. Um, you know, like following the, right. the pantograph thing with the laser at the back of the machine. Um, so I, I looked up one day and I was like, I don't want to do any more custom work <laughs> because it was, you know, there, I was put pouring all of this time. And I think because of my inexperience and maybe lack of confidence and, a number of reasons. I just wasn't charging as much as I should. And that that's a surefire way to burn yourself out Hmm. for sure. (laughs) So I, uh, I, I shut it all down and that's when I said, you know, I'm not going to quote for other people right now. Let me work on doing patterns. Um, And then when I started, uh, I pitched a pattern to a magazine And then, so I'm very, I'm very close, like 20 miles from Des Moines where Meredith is located and they do, um, quilts and more Mm -hmm. American patchwork and quilting and quilt sampler magazines. Mm -hmm. And so I had my first, um, quilt in a magazine was with them. And then they had invited me to do, um, what is, uh, Scrap Lab, which is in their Quilts and More um, magazine. And so that kind of led to a recurring, like, quarterly um, design challenge. And then they asked me to come in for a meeting one time. I had no idea what it was about. And they asked if I'd be interested in doing the podcast for them. Um, Cause they were going to be doing it more in-house and trying to tie what they were talking, what the podcast tried to tie that more to their, what was, what they were publishing in their magazine to mm-hmm. have that be more, you know, uh, closely related. Mm-hmm. And that really, Stephanie was like, I started thinking about my business on a different level because I thought, well, if they trust me to talk to a more national sort of audience, mm-hmm how, if I get like a bigger audience because of that, or, you know, people know who I am because of that. Um, I was quilting edge to edge for people by this time. So I thought, well, even if I get, you know, 10 more people asking per month for me to quilt for them, I'm still limited by doing one quilt at a time Mm -hmm. at a magazine or at a, at a time at, at my machine. And so that's when I started thinking about how could I really scale what I want to do? My favorite things are like quilting, helping other people. Um, How could I put out this information where many people could benefit at the same time? And it wasn't me having one-off conversations, which was happening a lot in like social media and and Instagram direct messages, like Mm -hmm. fielding a lot of questions about how I was quilting and all that kind of happened at the same time and the um, membership is really what came out of that um, those thoughts and that you know um, so I want to say experimentation a little bit because I had started um, emailing a list for just long arm quilting so I had been answering a lot of questions on Instagram and I thought like okay how about if you want if you want to get this information I'm going to email once a week. I'm going to tell you everything I know about what I have learned or the things that I've adopted in my practice to help make me a more successful quilter. If you want to hear all of, you know, all the behind the scenes stuff, sign up for this email list. And then, um, two, a little over two years ago, I started emailing this list every week, just trying to give as much valuable information as I could. And that list grew really quickly. And then, um, it was around this time, two years ago that I thought, okay, if anybody wants to like formalize this relationship and do some sort of a, a membership, like I'm going to, I'm going to start this thing. And we didn't, we didn't have a name. We didn't have anything. And, like two days before we launched, I think is when we got the, um, it was a very tight timeline. It, I don't even know if it was a week before um, Longarm League was suggested as a name. And I was like, yes, that's my name. That's what we're going to be. And then it's really evolved from there over the last two years. And I I do feel like all roads were sort of leading to this, the marketing stuff, the pattern, like just the the process of going through all of those um Experiments and learning and, and everything. So that's what my current role is now is um, helping other long-arm quilters, not only with like the business, I, sorry, the, what I was going to say is not only with like the quilting tricks, like, oh, you should use this thread or you should, you know, try this if you're having thread breaks or, you know, whatever, but it, it's really addressing and focusing on marketing, um, working with other people, like the business side, like the invoicing, setting yourself up for wholesale accounts for, I mean, just how to charge for batting, like all sorts of basic, um, it's not common knowledge. I don't want to say basic that way, but it's like your foundational steps Mm -hmm. where you have to, um, make decisions at the beginning of how you're going to run this business. And so, that's what we're, I say we, because my husband um, is working with me now. He started working with me at the beginning of January of this year. Oh, and so wow,
0: now, nice. now it's a we, <laughs> where before yeah. it was me, but now it's a we.
1: Um, so that's what we're, we're up to.
0: Yeah. You are taking this path of just naturally leading you to that point, which is um, pretty cool. And yeah, um, Uh, I I think that also um, long arming, uh, to me, I think is just a newer business and a newer art because in the past, um, long arms were not, you know, accessible to people to just go out and buy and purchase. You know what I mean? so. Um, Truly. Yeah. And I was really excited to learn about Long Arm League. And you just launched this in 2019. So it is fairly yeah. new. But uh, you have what, over 200 um, professional members now? That's really good. Yes. Bad. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm
1: happy with whoever wants to yeah. be a part of this. I'm, I'm thrilled if anybody, you know, joins and wants to be, it's a, it's a yeah. lovely
0: com- community. And I think because you had so many DMS from people who were um, trying to, you know, make their way into their long arming business, definitely showed a need for the long arm league. And, um, I, I, I myself like have this dream of, you know, eventually getting this long arm and for it to maybe possibly be a business, you know, in the future. Um, but, uh, just, um, it, it's just, um, you know, it is an investment <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I, when I'm ready, I think I'm going to definitely kind of do that because Similar to you, I I love the free motion part of the quilting. And I love thinking about the designs. Um, and I think I have a ways to go in, you know, like practicing that more on my domestic machine, too. So I'm trying to be patient.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it yeah. just takes so much time and practice. Yeah. yeah. And that's what, what the thing you said about um, it changing a lot. Like, I feel like it's a different... I mean, there's all sorts of different ways that you could go with it. You could, you know, be a free motion quilter with the long arm. Um, the, the niche that I'm sort of in right now is a lot of computerized, which I never first saw myself doing just mm-hmm. when I when I got the long arm to begin with, because it was um, it was a good five years before I added the computer to mine. And so at the beginning, I never, I never imagined that I would be doing digital designs. And so there's, there's so many possibilities and um, options and opportunities for um, that artwork and the, the designs to, um, to just be, I mean, it. I, I never thought I would be designing pantographs either, mm-hmm. but like. When you start using a lot of other people's, and you think like, "Oh, well, I wonder what would happen if I try this or do this," so that's been a pretty natural um, progression too.
0: Okay, yeah. let's talk about pantographs because um, okay. I kind of know what they are. They're sort of like a template type of a thing where computerized into the long arm that just it it, it kind of kind of like. Um, like a cricket or silhouette where you put the pen in there and then it just draws your design. Well, the stitches, your design on the quilt, right? Is that?
1: Yes. So, yeah. And I don't, I, I don't know if the word pantograph, like, I don't really know what it means.
0: (laughs) Is that okay to say? Yes.
1: So what I think of it is it's a repeating design that doesn't care what's on your quilt top because it's just going to repeat that segment of a design over and over again. So a lot of times, and there's, I've, this is funny slash embarrassing that I thought I was going to just last week, sit down and write a blog post about how all the different digital designs or even pantographs, like how, what, how they're categorized Mm -hmm. because some of them, you know, you hear E to E as edge, edge to edge, to edge right. there's P to P, which means point to point there's B to B, which means block, uh, sorry, border to border. Oh. And <laughs> I was starting to write, and then finding kind of conflicting and confusing information. And like, I'm not going to, how about I don't write about this? Cause I'm not exactly sure what, right. how all of them differ, because I think technically you could have a P to P design and also that is an edge to edge. Like, so I think that oh, okay. sometimes the descriptors, they can map, they can fall into two different categories, okay. but yeah, essentially when I think of a pantograph and it can be a paper pantograph that you roll out on the back table of your long arm and just like trace it with a laser, but you're not really seeing or carrying or paying attention to where the needle is going on the quilt. So like, it's not area specific at all. It's, it's like you're taking a stamp and like stamping all across the paper or something Mm -hmm, like that, something similar to that. Um, so yeah, they uh, very commonly people were using pantographs before computerized quilting became, you know, so popular. They were buying these huge rolls of Mm -hmm. paper that had the design on them and then just following, um, following a laser light or some kind of a thing from the back of the machine and then just quilting on the quilt, regardless of the, of the area. But now I refer to them as pantographs in a digital sense, because whatever computer, You have, and there's several different types on the market, just like there are a lot of different Mm long-arm brands on the market. Um, They'll all vary a little bit with the terminology, um, but that it's sort of a tiled or repeated design that will go all across the quilt.
0: Okay. Does that seem to be uh, a common um, type of quilting that people will send their quilts in to have done? I think yeah. it's a little bit more um, affordable too, because cu- exactly custom, I think, would be you know labor intensive because you are like literally designing the pattern on the yeah. quilt manually, like you're
1: <laughs> moving yeah the needle. There's so yeah. yeah, and I mean there's so much custom work just requires so much more in every single Mm -hmm. part like to design and to think of the motifs that you're going to use in every single part and how might they might work together um and then yes you're actually your body is there, kind of hunched over the frame actually doing the quilting and and there are there are custom quilters who will incorporate digital components too because digital quilting can also you can do like a block based like they're Designers will design um a motif just to put in like a twelve inch block. Like okay. that's something that happens too. So you can have custom quilting that's totally hand guided. You can have it be totally digital. I mean it's
0: there's cool. a lot of leeway. Yeah, you can kind and of do can both. kind of combine them and have certain parts of the quilt yes. digitally uh quilted and then in certain areas yes. you can just choose to you know hand quilt that or free motion that one part.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yep.
0: And then it makes it really yes. look super custom. Um, right. Yeah. I think but that's a good you, idea. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And when you have an edge to edge design, I just feel like it's more, um, and it's not, a, it's not just pushing a button and walking away, you know, from the quilter's perspective, there, there's a lot of time and skill and um, effort put into the actual quilting. But um, from a consumer sense, you'll probably have a better idea of like how much it will cost what it will look like Mm -hmm. choosing to do an edge to edge type pantograph digital pantograph or otherwise like you I think it's that outcome is is more predictable and the cost is more predictable Mm -hmm. and and typically it will cost you um less money than if you are hiring a custom quilter for custom work
0: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah and I find um custom quilters are harder to find than the edge yes. to edge but I, I also understand probably because um it's just like me like with my interior design experience when you're working with a person who is investing in personal things for their home um you know <laughs> they may or may not like what you do and you yes. know, you, have to inter- you have to interpret what they're telling you that they want and it's very personal so you know, anything can come back at you um, absolutely. with the work you do, even though your work could be absolutely gorgeous. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of listening involved and um, I think there has to be the right customer to do that for, because they have right. to be willing to release some control to the designer and there has to be a trust level there. So I think it's a very specific market.
1: I agree. I totally agree. And that is, you know, when you're talking about that, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, Instagram has also changed the game, for sure, for me, and and not only Instagram, like, I'm sure there this is happening on Facebook, too. I'm just not on Facebook as much. But there is, I felt like using social media changed my client base. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of a sudden, you can kind of look through somebody's Feed and see the style of quilting they do. You can see kind of the scale they use. You can see the designs that they're choosing to pair with the top. And sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, as quilters, we don't have those that we are not making those decisions. But a lot of times we are, you know, somebody could come to me and say, like, I want this exact design with this thread at this sort of scale. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily reflective of what I would do. But right. a lot of times when you work with people. Um, they'll ask you for your opinions or I would like to give, you know, a handful of suggestions of designs that I think would really complement their top well mm-hmm. and then kind of work from there. But like at the beginning, at the very beginning of my um, like custom quilting or free motion quilting business, they were only local people. And if you happen to see my quilting either at the shop or at a guild meeting or at a at a quilt shop gathering or something like that, that's the only really (laughs) way that you could see, okay, I like her work, but what is she going to do with my quilt? You know, now I think that you can sort of shop for a quilter based on what they've done in the past Mm -hmm. by like what they're posting on social media and, you know, going on their websites to see examples of past work.
0: Yeah. Instagram is really become uh, an online portfolio. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yep. Mm -hmm. Just as, um, just as um, impactful as a website. Uh, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, uh, okay. So, um, another thing I wanted to mention I thought about this when you were talking uh-huh. about the time um with the custom and uh I'm thinking about thread color changes because um mm-hmm. sometimes and I, when I quilt the quilts on the machine, I will definitely I'll change out the threads, you know, if I want them to oh. recede and blend in or if I want them to contrast and um I think like um what I think about of standard like long arm service of let's say computerized edge to edge it's going to be done in like a neutral color uh, one color thread throughout the the quilt because if I wanted colors changed then that's a lot more work
1: (laughs) totally yes 100 yes you're right yeah that's 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 the thing so it does become difficult with high contrast quilts to choose the right thread um and I I hate to put too much importance on this because I was kind of like I kind of had a not a flippant attitude but Um, you know, you worked with people who would just, you know, trust you to pick the right thread. And then there were some who like wanted to either send you the exact spool that you, that they wanted you to use or do like color card matching and stuff like that. Um, but when there's large areas of the quilts that of a quilt that has a lot of light and a lot of dark, then I started developing over time, a sense of, um, I always tried t- the th- to get the thread color to blend with the more light areas of the top. Um, especially if it was kind of like an even distribution of lights and darks. I just liked how it looked more for a light thread to be on a dark top as opposed to dark thread on a light top. Because right. I feel like if there's anything that happens, if there's any sort of like anything that uh quirk or even in the patchwork or whatever then those that area is really highlighted Uh in a not great way (laughs) it feels sometimes seem like a well and I I don't know if that was also quilters when we're up close and seeing the quilt you know in an intimate (laughs)
0: setting it's so (laughs) true when when you're that close to it yeah when
1: you're that close Mm -hmm. right and so I don't know if other people have that perception too but I I sure liked the light, um, lighter thread on a dark than the other way around. But if you're working with someone who's like, I want a high contrast color, then you do what they want. And sometimes, you know, I see those that's, I feel like I'm not that brave, but I see that done in other examples. And I'm like, okay, that was brilliant. I love that. <laughs> it was, you know, like that's where I think we do kind of have our own aesthetics and the things that we like and what we gravitate toward. Um, But yeah, it's a, it's kind of, it's one of those things that that's something that I developed over time. uh, And I just used a lot of neutrals and I used Uh a thinner kind of thread. So it wasn't the focal point. Like for me, it was more important that the overall texture that was created by the stitches and not like, Oh wow, thread color, whoa, <laughs> coming okay. at you. Right. Um, I, I just yeah. so I, I chose uh threads that were thinner and that would blend more than like being a design element of, on their own.
0: I haven't thought about that, but now that you say that, it makes really good sense. Uh because um I think contrast threads. I'm thinking about that QuiltCon winner of 2020, Peter. He his winning quilt was white background, and he did a very thick black thread, but it, mm. wa- it but it was not dense. It was a much more spread out, looser quilting, and that made okay. the impact. You could see the design that it was making. But like if you're doing a long arm pattern and it's all over. I could completely see how that really wouldn't look the best on a light background um, versus the opposite. So that's a good point. I mean, I think that's really important for, um, you know, customers who want to send their quilts to long armors to think about um and I wanted also to have you on because um I think there's a learning curve for customers too and (laughs) when they send their quilt tops in just because of from my experience too I mean um I haven't been sending quilts to a, a long armor for that long of a time and I have had A definite learning curve. I've had some really bad experiences and I had a great experience. Uh, So, and it's all depends on the individual long arm quilter. Um, But um, this is just my opinion, but sure. But um, I, I would prefer a long arm quilter that does this as their business, not like a whole quilt shop that has other like priorities of selling machines and selling fabrics. And then they toss in long arm services because I've had specific experience with that and it's not their priority. And, yeah. you know, my backing got put on sideways <laughs> and then I was expected to know everything. Um And that was my first experience uh, with a long arm quilt is with a quilt shop. So I learned the hard I way, see. <laughs> but, you know, I, I
1: think that's a, I think that's a growing trend too, because I do not remember this 15 years ago that all the shops had their own machines. Um, I know the one that I started with, she was only doing it to, um, to finish her own quilts as samples and never introduced it as a service. Uh-huh. But I was, I can't remember the conversation I was having recently, um, but it was like, these shops are missing out on an opportunity for a new revenue stream if they don't have the, I think just times are tough and people want to, you know, capitalize on, here's the thing too, like when somebody is dropping off, I always like to work with my local quilt shop because whenever people would drop off or pick up, it would be a chance to stop in the quilt shop. And so that would be good for them if, if somebody needed mm-hmm, to pick something mm-hmm. up or the fat quarter display was just so irresistible. Yeah. You know. Like, yeah. um, but I, I totally get the the idea of a shop wanting to provide services um, because you're capitalizing on a lot of foot traffic anyway, mm-hmm. if you're selling all these, like what you said, I mean, from a business per- perspective, but also you're right in that they have a lot of different things going on and the person that they hire to run the machine might not be, um, either experienced enough or like doing business under your own name yeah. or your own business, I think you right. can maybe change the energy too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And it's just a, definitely like a, um, case by case, like it, 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 I'm not saying sure. a blanket statement at all quilt shops are going to be right. like this, but this particular one was, and I just noticed, I just was like, you know, their, their, um, focus is not really on this. And so I need to find someone that loves, doing Mm -hmm. what they're doing and, and, you know, doesn't expect me to know everything and just, they just want an in and out. um, Right. Because, you know, I am a designer and (laughs) I like to, I like to do some custom, you know, quilt designs. And, um, and I had customers that wanted, were, you know, they were willing to pay for that. So you Mm -hmm. would think that that would be an incentive you know, the budget's there. So take this project. (laughs) Right, right. But no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but I, and and I, you know, on me too, like I also learned that, you know, I have to really learn about what I have to do to submit a quilt to a long armor. So, I mean, I don't think that we should know everything about the actual like computerized designs, but I think we should know, you know, like how to, you know, have the backing prepared, how to have yeah. the top prepared, you know, that sort of thing. And, and it, you know, and just sort of like that. And then, you know, when you get to know the long arm, you know, long armor, or the store or whatever you're getting this done at, you learn about the threads they use, the battings and all yeah. that stuff. So, but it yeah. can, it can be super intimidating to like someone who's bringing their quilt brand new, their quilt tops. So. Oh, I agree. <laughs>
1: yeah. And, and when you, that would be the. Um, you know, when we were talking about Instagram and that it's like, takes the place of a website. Mm -hmm. I still like when people come into the league or do rookie season with us, which is when you're first starting to set up your business. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important still to have a website because the the social media might bring someone in or get somebody's attention. But if you can provide the, here's the step-by-step to working with me, Mm -hmm. that can remove a lot of fears and barriers from someone who maybe hasn't sent a quilt in before or worked with somebody else, like to kind of, to say like, this is how we do it. And to give a step-by-step approach and, um, know that we'll ask you the questions that we need and, and hopefully just helps customers feel more comfortable in the process, especially Mm -hmm. if they don't have a lot of experience because you're right. Like, And I, I say this all the time to the membership and, and to anybody who will listen, but one of the beautiful things about having a long-arm business is you can do it any way that you want to do it. And I think there's a lot of uh, freedom and variety. And you if you want to do it, if you want to do two quilts a weekend because you work a full-time job or, or whatever, but um, that's kind of the beauty of the work that you want to take on, the time you want com- um, invested. Uh, it's a good place to put that information on a website so that people, you know, know how you work,
0: what you offer
1: and yeah. know that you'll take care of them when they reach out.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And, um, it, it also gives customers because, um, most, a lot of people don't have that visual, like they can't see what that's going to look like on their quilt. And when they just see like a, um, a pattern like on your computer screen but it's uh-huh. not showing the entire repeat it's not showing the scale yeah uh then they might get something that they're like oh my gosh this is way too small or this is way too big or whatever and that's the instagram and your website and, and if someone sees like oh i love that like i have i've got your website up just in the my background so there's like kind mm-hmm. of like this orange peel or, or flowery uh design on there i can see the scale And, Mm -hmm. and I can see the density and stuff like that. So, I mean, I could feel confident saying, yeah, I I would like that done on my quilt.
1: Yeah. Pictures are so great for that because (laughs) it's hard to say a a dense medium or a loose quilting. That's up for interpretation. Mm -hmm. You know, no, no two people might have the exact same thing in mind, but when you can start with, uh, this is what I like and here's a photo of it. That's so helpful to all parties. Um, and I've, will say it here too, I'm just wishing it into the universe that I think that if there is a app developer or something that would have an easy way to overlay, um, a repeated pantograph onto a top, and there are ways for quilters to do this, but it takes a lot of steps. Some people bring it into EQ eight, um, and some people can do it with their software, but it, it just takes a lot of steps. I think if there's an easy way to tile – and Urban Elements does do this. Um, they have – they're a pantograph um, and digital design website. They they do a lot of awesome designs, and they they do have a place that you can upload a picture. And that that is – you can get a close approximation of, um, of what – You know, that one of their designs might look like, but Mm -hmm. it would be awesome as a long-term culture if you could audition any kind of design on a top, you know, yeah. but, um, so far there's not a super simple solution that would be universal.
0: You know what? Um, it's funny you say that because for, My quilts that I do on my domestic machine, I take um, a picture of the quilt top, and then I import it into Procreate on my iPad, and I draw. Yeah, and I could have like five, six, seven layers. And I'll draw something and then I'll turn that layer off and I'll draw another thing just so I can get a visual of what it's going to look like. And I did that for this most recent baby quilt and I was amazed. <laughs> My quilting turned out exactly <laughs> what like the procreate looked ah! like. It was so cool. Cause I did like That's these awesome. little like ribbony things on a border and you know, I just hearts around the inner border. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. So I procreate the- is have- a really easy tool that even customers just to get an idea and they can even like export that picture and email it to their long arm person. I feel like that would even like communicate to them even better what a the better customer's than, looking mm-hmm. for. Yeah, I mean, it's just not like gonna a be a perfect like to scale, mm-hmm. perfect right. to scale like thing, but it really would uh, communicate, I think, you know, a really good idea of what they're looking for.
1: Yeah, I've never tried. I've never messed with Procreate before, but I've seen other people oh, use it. And I it looks, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's
0: yeah. a lot of
1: p- potential there. There <laughs>
0: is. Yeah, it's so much fun. I love doing that. Um, so it's a it's a pretty strong program and app. So there's I mean, I, I haven't had it that long. But I mean, I'm still learning more and more and more. It's amazing how much it can do oh good um, yeah yeah so that's fun um so anyway let's talk about this long arm quilting league as far as membership so professional long arm quilters join um this league and then they can be listed on your you know the web page as a source yeah. for people to look for quilters that may be in their area or maybe that yes. they want to send a quilt to um yeah are there any um requirements or um anything that they have to have to become a member or you know is it just like they just want to it's sort of like more of a better marketing tool for them
1: um in some ways so like okay when we first started we just opened it up to everybody and essentially you know anybody who is already in business serving other people can join and if they're a member, they'll, we'll list them on our directory. Mm -hmm. And that is what you're referring to. We have a map where somebody you can see who's in the area. And then below the map, there are like filterable searches. Like, so if you, if it, if somebody doing binding services for you is really important, you can search by people who are providing the binding service as well. Um, But we do not have like a certification process or anything to, um, to either approve or deny someone's membership or listing on the directory, mm-hmm. what I like to say is, if you see somebody in your area, visit the website that we have for or what they're listing as their own website and their social media accounts to see if their quilting appeals to you. If you mm-hmm. like um, what you're what you're seeing, as far as that goes, um, so you have to. There's not. There's not like. Um,
0: I guess certification is the yeah, best way have, to say yeah. it. Yeah. It would be hard though to have that because it's such a, an artistic and creative, you know, business and, and, um, yeah. So it's completely understandable. I just, but you do have like this rookie, um, digital class, which is a really, I think is a great resource for people who are just starting to get into it. Right.
1: We, yeah. And this totally came out of a need for when we started again, like we were just letting anybody join, And it was great because I just love to talk about quilting with anybody who would talk (laughs) talk about quilting with me. But we have people who are joining before they even had long arms. And so it's like, where do I start? And we didn't really have a starting process. Like I, what I wanted to be able to do is give someone, you know, the tools and a, and a reasonable progression of information over time that this is what you should think about when you're setting up the business, Mm -hmm. um, you know these are wholesale accounts you should consider, like all of those um, business related things. And so the r- rookie season just came about at, in January. Um, is the first time we released it, and this is right now we're going through our third um, course. Uh, by the time this airs, we will we'll be already will be done for the this year. But we'll mm-hmm. um, starting in January of twenty twenty two. We'll have a new class that starts. Okay. So a cohort of new beginning um, uh, business owners will start with us and every week we'll give them new information talking about you know these different topics of business. It's an eight week course, but we have like a catch up week um, built in there. So it's like seven weeks of information, mm-hmm. but we give them like how to set up the website. We give a website template. We provide all sorts of um, digital designs if they're a computerized culture to get started. Talking about how to choose designs, um, what to look for, how to work with your clients, how to invoice, how to keep you know your bookkeeping um, in check, and like all all of these things. So once they graduate from or or a complete rookie season, then they can join the league um, and get the continual ongoing information because the the league itself, the membership part, assumes. Um, Business ownership and assumes that you're already taking on clients, but right. so we we do ask people who have never done it before to start at the rookie season yeah. level because then we can talk about everything and go through it all together. Um, it's it's information that comes out, um, you know. There's videos and there's written content, but then we build in live Zoom sessions. So if they want to ask questions or expound on any part of our um, curriculum, we can talk about that and, um, and get real life feedback and, um, and
0: ideas. And it's, it's been really fun to interact with students in that way. That's fantastic. That is such a needed um, thing, I think, out there, this I, course. Uh, it's just I, amazing.
1: I love I mean, I wish it. it truly is what I wish was available when right? I started. Yeah. And if it was, I didn't know about it, but, um, (laughs) I, I really, I like the, I love the, um, camaraderie, you know, that comes with other people just loving quilting and wanting to do this for a job. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Yeah. just to connect with all the students has been super fun and rewarding to me and to see what they go
0: on to do also is, is really fun. And it benefits, um, Both sides, it benefits, you know, the professionals providing this service, but it also benefits us customers as well, um, with education and a place, uh, where we can search for professional long armor too and and yes I think it's wonderful I really I'm really so glad that <laughs> my listener <laughs> told me about it because <laughs> it's amazing I'm, I was so excited leading up to this oh, uh, chat yeah yeah and, uh, you have just such a wealth of experience and and um information so um and I, I think it's missing out there I, I I I'm I can only talk for myself but I mean, I can imagine that a lot, because because there's also a lot of new quilters out there too, you know, with the pandemic and stuff. So, you know, we're you know, they're not going to know where to send their quilts, you know. And like you said, like they can pretend they know it along, or <laughs> they really
1: don't know. So this is oh, sure, really, that sounds normal. I know. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, it's a great, great service. So um, it's awesome. I'm gonna put all of your information, but go ahead and just. Um, you know, give in the conclusion, just um, where people can find you and whatever else you want to let us know about.
1: Okay, longarmleague.com. And if you do a slash on com slash directory, you'll find our uh, list of quilters who are taking quilts for other um, people or servicing other quilters. So, and that is another thing where if someone's not comfortable yet enough to be listed publicly, then they don't include their, um, information in the directory. And so we have, we have lots of members who just for one reason or another, some, some are just so busy and don't want more work that Mm. they choose not to be listed. Mm -hmm. It's not a have to kind of thing. It's a, it's just another uh, resource for, for people to find, um, long arm quilters mm-hmm. so if you are a piecer we
0: like mm-hmm. to call you piecers
1: because okay. <laughs> it's, it's
0: kind of it kind of gets confusing because we're all quilters but you I know, know it is actual that, that quilting word is just a very <laughs> all-encompassing thing for different things so <laughs>
1: right and then we're also on instagram at longarm league Ah oh, yes instagram
0: yeah at longarm league yeah. great and you um you brought up a good point because some some long arm quilters maybe have a ton on their plate right now. Yes, uh, so they are not going to take new projects. And we're just getting to the point of the year where I think people should start thinking about uh, getting their quilt tops in if they're gifting stuff for the holidays, right?
1: Yes, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yep.
0: Yeah. Um, this is a great time um
1: to start contacting your quilter if you want something done um yeah it's
0: yeah 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 Yeah, because i mean it it just um there's always that crunch and it's similar to just even with the interior design like even like this point of the year starting to get you know close to People should have really have started their project. Like if they wanted like, you know, entertain for Thanksgiving or whatever, and they wanted new dining furniture, then they should have already ordered it by now. <laughs> because the pandemic really has like added a ton of time, like things are taking twice as long to come in. Yes. And I know it's quite funny to to think about that. That you would have to order something this far in advance but you kind of have to think that way now right like almost everything not just interior design or you know your long arm quilting but almost everything it's crazy you know oh yeah because we're yeah. we're so used to getting stuff like immediately in an it's instant true thing but now it's kind of reverted a little bit back to how it used to be <laughs> yeah
1: and we had a very like uh, earlier this year especially the sourcing batting was a very difficult thing and I think they're mostly caught up by now uh, but you just never know I mean <laughs> you just never know
0: but yeah mm-hmm. yeah true so true <laughs> all right well thank you so much for coming onto my show I had a great yeah. time chatting with you and um, okay. definitely we will have to have you back on too I love that. Thanks for asking me. This has been fun. All right. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. If you would like a bonus episode every month, become a patron and support the Make and Decorate podcast show at my Patreon page, Make and Decorate. For extended show notes with links and photos to what we've talked about, visit my podcast blog at makeanddecorate.com. And remember to take some time for yourself to be creative. Bye-bye.